What's up, guys? It's the In-Depth MMA Podcast. I'm Sully. He's Joey. We're back again on the heels of 259. Fantastic event. So much to talk about. Not just 259, but so much stuff that's going on in MMA right now. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it, Joey. Yeah, man. What's the first thing you want to talk about <laughs> this week, man? I don't know, man. It seems like there's just so many things. Like, just U- UFC 259 alone, I feel like there's a million different topics that are worth talking about. Um, we'll go through them, you know. Um, first, let's talk about, let's talk about, I know we did a post-fight show. If you guys want to see our initial thoughts after the event, go check out the post-fight show. Um, but let's talk about Adesanya versus Yan because I've seen, you know, a bunch, you know, there's so many different permutations of, of stuff going on after that for Adesanya, for Yan. Uh, people are talking about whether Adesanya's stock dropped. Um, there's people talking about, you know, thank God that the Adesanya at heavyweight talk can finally end. I know me and you both alluded to on the post-fight show that uh, we're happy that the Adesanya-John Jones talk can be put to bed now, too. So, um, you know, which which of those would you like to talk about first? Because there's so many well, different things. Well, let's first just talk about the um, Adesanya-John Jones talk because um, I've always been, between me and you, I've always been the one that did not want to see that in the first place. I thought it was ludicrous just size alone um different weapons that John Jones has. And it's it speaks greater to just not Alessani's abilities, but John Jones' abilities as um as a fighter. And the fact that as fans we keep seeing people being pushed to fight greater and greater challenges before we have a history of you know, their, all their expertise versus a person that already has an extensive history. And then we keep comparing the younger, fresher guy in the sense that doesn't have all that experience towards a known commodity. And I think that that does a disservice to not only John Jones, but to the greats that are currently there. But it also does a disservice to that young guy that you keep lining him up with. Because essentially what happens is that now you have... um Alessania, who took a loss here, and people are talking about his stock dropping. How? He went up 20, po- 20 pounds, a, a whole different weight class, to fight a guy that was bigger than him. You know, it's only because you had ludicrous expectations of him to begin with that you would be saying something like that. I think he, Alessania is still there. He didn't even get finished, man. So it's, to me, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, for me, it's just, I think the best thing that comes, comes out of this is all that talk stops. Adesanya can go back down to middleweight, defend his belt against, you know, any of those guys, you know, um, which could be Whitaker. If Whitaker beats Costa, I think Whitaker has to be the next in line. Um, you got Vittori making his way up, which I believe would be a rematch as well for Adesanya, but that was so long ago early on in, mm-hmm. in uh, Adesanya's career. And Vittori's looks great recently, but that's only if Vittori can get past Darren Till. I think he's scheduled to fight Darren Till. Um, right now, I think those are the two that make the most sense for him. Costa, even if he beats Whitaker dominantly, I don't think people are going to want to see that rematch yet. He has to get like another, you know, win or two after that. I think to really make anybody compelled to see that yeah. fight again. Uh, but I think Adesanya can still be great at middleweight. I don't think that, you know, I, I think the problem with this Yan fight was, and it was great, and we talked about it beforehand that he had the built-in excuse that oh he moved up in weight, which is true. Yeah. But I think the main problem for Adesanya here and for a lot of people who are going to try to down Adesanya is that Yan's not like this flashy fighter who has all these crazy accolades. So I think, in a way, people try to diminish Yan. And even in the lead-up to the fight, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, Adesanya's going to blow him out of the water and, you know, finish him and, you know, all these different things. A lot of people really had Adesanya as a massive favorite in their minds. So I think 
just based on Yan doesn't get enough respect that he deserves, he rightfully is earned, I think that's what makes this loss worse for Adesanya. Just in the general public's eyes, the media's eyes, it was like, well, well, Yan was your guy to kind of cherry-pick at light heavyweight. There's never going to be a more beatable light heavyweight champion than Jan Blahovic, and there hasn't been for the last 10 years, and he couldn't get it done. So I think that's why kind of a lot of people are down. But for me personally, who has now become a massive Jan believer, I picked Jan to beat Adesanya. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know how, how Jan will fare in his next few defenses if he is able to get to them. Um, but he's an older guy. But I, for me, even as a guy who picked against Adesanya, you know, the last couple of fights, um, for me, actually, Adesanya's stock, I think, went up in my mind, my personal mind, just because... He went out there, he was able to strike with Jan without getting knocked out like a lot of his old other opponents have been. Um, it's not like he got finished like you said. Uh, the grappling is where I kind of get a little bit down on him a little bit, but I know he, Jan's clearly the bigger guy, bigger frame. Um, but that's the only real critical point I can get out of Sanya is once he got taken down, he kind of got treated like a baby. He wasn't able to do anything at all. Um but you could you could always excuse that away and say, well, Jan's the bigger guy, you know. Adesanya didn't put on weight, you know. Um, so for me, I think Jan's Jan's stock goes up a little bit. Um, but I think both guys came out winners, you know, regardless. Especially, you know, always just considering, you know, he didn't have to go up and wait. He could have knocked, tried to knock off Robert Whitaker again, and he went yep. up and wait, and he fought. And he Jan. already beat him. Yeah. Yep. So. so. And and for me, look, I, I'm gonna make this quick. Cause I don't, I don't. We already did the post fight, and I don't even want to spend too much time on it since we got so much to cover. Um, in terms of Yan, look, this win that does not make me a believer in Yan. I've always believed in him. I thought he was gonna pick up the the belt to begin with. People thought Dominic Reyes was gonna beat the brakes off of him. He's a well rounded guy. He has a lot of power, and he he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, for Alessandra, it's just like, look, he went up in weight, and he didn't get finished. Look at Rockhold, who went up in weight. Look at Wideman, who went up in weight. Look what happened to them, how devastating so it happened to them. So, to me, it's like, it's it's only if you had unrealistic expectations of Alessandra to begin with that you would feel too down on this loss. I think that um that he came out of it unscathed. And, in fact, I was very happy to see the way he's, he's taking the loss. When you have other men that's um that's out there, and they've shown how they behave after they lose and stuff like that. I think that yeah, he's he's won a lot of um fans just by his behavior within defeat. You know, and, and you can also see there's an individual that we'll talk about later on in the podcast, but in victory, um I think that he's lost a lot of fans because of his behavior. You know. So but we'll get to that and um Let's move along because, you know, we've already extensively touched on this Yan and Alessandra stuff. We have more to see. But then again, there's not even more Yan talk. So let's jump right to it because Yan is now saying that he wants six months off. He said he wanted six months off, six months break, which doesn't seem it doesn't seem like an unreasonable act because he's a new father, first time father, I believe. Um, But then when you look at Glover to share the age um, where the division may be in six months, which which may mean that he may only fight twice this year, um, two title defenses. Where does that make you like? How does that make you feel? And um, that he may only fight twice this year. And how do you feel about Glover six months older? Um, where he's at after the title shot, and where do you think the division will end up within those six months? 
I think that Glover will probably wait it out. I think Glover's yep. 41 right now. Uh, I don't know exactly, you know, when he turns 42. So he could potentially be 42. Mm-hmm. This is going to be his last title shot. Um, so I think it's his best bet just to wait it out. Uh, you know, I like his chances against a guy like Yan. I love the fight in general. I'm super excited for it. So I think Glover's best bet is just wait for Yan. Um, maybe the UFC, they need to fill a hole quicker. You know, and they, my guess is they could get Yan to come back sooner than six months. And as far as, you know, a champion taking six months off, that's not out of the ordinary. It's not like it's going to be out off for a year, you know, year and a half, like some guys. Or Cain Velasquez, who is like two years in between title defenses. Uh, I think it's the fight to make. And it, the fight to make, and I think it's a fight that a lot of hardcores will be excited for because Glover has looked spectacular in his last few fights. He's faced adversity. He's able to rebound. Um, his grappling just looks amazing. Um, as of late, you know, his top control looks great. And I just, I love the competitive matchup of Glover Teixeira versus Jan Blachowicz. I just think, um, you know, I'm not really thinking about it off the top of my head. I'm not sure who I would pick, you know. Uh, you know, Glover has some serious power too, but he's been susceptible to be getting caught, get caught with punches on the chin and being KO'd. You know, Anthony Johnson did it to him. Um, Gustafsson, you know, knocked him out. Uh, but as far as it's the perfect time, and I said it before the Adesanya matchup, as much as I was excited for Adesanya versus Yan, Glover Teixeira had earned that title shot. I think he's on a five-fight winning streak. He's fought top guys. Um, he's looked good in the fights. Um, you know, the, the, what he did to Anthony Smith, he should have been thrown in jail for. But other than that, <laughs> but other than that, man, I really want to see Glover Teixeira versus Jan Blachowicz. So I think Glover Teixeira, if I'm his manager, I'm his friend, whoever, just sit out, wait the five, six months, and fight Yan um, at the end of this year. I think, you know, by the, you know, if he waits till fall, you know, or even early winter, I think it's the fight to make. And Glover Teixeira, if he goes out there and loses a fight against anyone, yep. he's never so, he's never getting that title shot back. And on on top of it, if you if you kind of zoom out a little bit, you look at the division and you see these killers making their way up and Alexander Rockage, Yuri Prochaska. Um, you know, the, the future is looking bright for light heavyweight right now, and I think it's Glover's time to really be able to capture that UFC belt if that's what he wants. And I think pretty soon, you know, within a couple of years, I think both of these guys will be gone from the UFC. Yep. And uh, context is king, right? So um, for me, it's not the fact that um, six months wouldn't be out of the ordinary for a champion because that, that's that's not even the point for me. It's, it, it, it's the context of it. It's the timing kind of works out for um, all parties involved because um, I think for me, Alexander Rockets, maybe because of the win, the way he won, he's another fight away from a title shot. You know, so then we have that. He may be another fight away, one more fight away from a title opportunity. Um, you have Yuri Petrosky, which is a couple fights away at least. You know, he has more that he needs to show. Um, but the problem is, is that you have Jan Blahovich, who's who's an older guy. He's on the verge of 40. I think he's 38, 39 years old. And you have a guy that's going to be on the verge of 42. You know, um, for me, I like Yan. I picked him to win the belt. I have a lot of respect for him. He just had picked up a fantastic win. But let's be real. He's not going to be champion for a long time. He, and, he's, and he's probably not going to be a dominant champion. Um, he could potentially lose that belt in the next title defense or the one after that. And whether it's just from age diminishing his skills or just the matchups alone, you know. So it's like I understand he does want the six months off. And it does really work. But we have to be very careful because 
some of these guys, man, that we've seen in other divisions, they'll just use anything as an excuse to not fight. Now, that's not the case with Yan, you know, and he has a very good excuse. But we just have to keep an eye on these things because the amount of time... Um, Amanda Nunes, I think before before this last time we saw it was almost a year. It's almost one whole year. Megan Anderson, because of the situation of the division, I think it was almost one whole year before um before she fought again. And those are the things where where you have a division like light heavyweight, you don't want it to stall because when we hear six months, yeah, it lines up, like I said before. But that doesn't account for injury. You know, you may have an injury and then now everybody's screwed. You get that injury, and that six months goes from six months to now a year. And it's problematic, especially in a division that's just starting to get fun. It hasn't been fun in a long time. Now it's just starting to get fun. So, nah, you know, um, it's it's very difficult. But um, best wishes to Yan as a father. I hope that he's really enjoying his time with his child and his family. Um, to Glover Teixeira, I hope that he does get that title opportunity because it's going to be the last one he's going to get, as you said. So I hope everyone stays healthy and um, and nothing happens. But that division we have to keep an eye on because now it's starting to become one of the funner divisions in the um, the UFC, which is weird because I never thought um, I'd be saying that, especially with John Jones reigning so dominantly over it. Yeah. Um, for me, even though I know it's not happening right now, the fight yep. that I want to see badly in that division is Alexander Rockage versus Yuri Petroska. Same. I think yep. Petroska's fighting Dominic Reyes next month or something like that. Uh, I don't remember exactly the date. But quick side note, I had said on the post-fight and the pre-fight, I thought that Alexander Rockage with a big win, he could potentially skip over Glover for next in line for a total shot. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask you quickly a quick prediction. Gun to your head. Alexander Rockage versus Jan Blahovich. Who are you picking? Alexander Rockage. Yeah, me too. Okay, I thought so. Just the sheer size, man. And he's well-rounded yep. as well. He has great striking. Um, he's shown that he has uh, adequate grappling. We don't know to what extent really yet, but he, it's looked good. Um, and just the sheer, man, he is humongous. Massive. He them, looked, them tree trunks for thighs. Dude, Alexander Rockage <laughs> could definitely fight at like, uh, heavyweight eventually in the future. That's yeah. how big he is. Um, but I just wanted to get your... Your quick take on that. Um, I guess it's time to move on to the Aljamain Sterling situation. Yeah. <laughs> Which, man, yep. it, what a shitty situation. So I'll, I'll say this, you know. I think Aljamain Sterling, based on his decision-making since Saturday night, I think he's made career-altering decisions that will follow him around for the rest of his career, regardless if he's in the UFC, if he's in Bellator, uh, anyone who didn't watch our post-fight show, obviously, you obviously know the results. Peter Yan is disqualified after kneeing Aljamain Sterling to the head when he was a downed opponent. Aljamain couldn't continue. So the fight was ruled a DQ, and Aljamain Sterling was given the belt. I had no problem with that. I had no problem with Aljamain Sterling not returning. I had no problem with you know Yan being punished by being the belt removed. Where I start to get a really big issue with it is the fact that Aljamain Sterling throws the belt down after he gets it. You know, I don't want this, and rightfully so. I agree with him. You know, he shouldn't want it. You know, he was losing the fight. He was most likely going to get finished soon regardless. Um, Then the pictures start to surface. He's celebrating that championship. He's posing for all these pictures. Um, He's holding the belts up in videos saying, I'm the UFC champion. Um... And it just leaves a really bad taste in people's mouth. And to top it all off, I think they're real cherry on the top. Because all that was annoying. Um, I don't think anybody liked that at all. 
but really was the cherry on the top of absolute disgust. I know it's coming him, in. <laughs> was his him campaigning for a fight with Henry Cejudo? Um, you know, they were doing that that terrible stare down in the lobby of the hotel all, all fight night. Then he's saying, you know, Dana Horrible. White, make this fight happen. I think Al Jermaine Sterling made a litany of bad decisions, that, and that was the worst of them. Because now, as far as the optics, what it, what it looks like to me and what it looks like, I bet you, to the majority of people, okay, so Al Jermaine Sterling just got gifted a championship, basically, essentially, uh, regardless that, you know, obviously the DQ was justified and everything like that. So he got gifted a championship that he then threw down like, oh, I didn't deserve this, I don't want it. Then not only does he go out and celebrate with it, then he starts campaigning for a different fight other than the guy that he's supposed to be rematching because of the controversy that happened in the first fight. And to top it all off, I believe, and this is just my point of view, I want you to get your thoughts on that in a second, if, if you had to ask Aljamain Sterling what was his reasoning behind that, I would venture to guess. And he, I don't think he said this. I haven't really paid attention to everything he said. But I bet you he'd say, oh, Henry's the money fight. I don't believe that for one second. Henry Cejudo is retired for a reason. Because the UFC didn't want to pay him because he's not a draw. Um, I think at this point, the biggest fight, regardless of who, like if you include everyone retired or not, the biggest fight right now is Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling, too, just based on the controversy from the first fight, uh, the competitiveness of the first and or second round. You know, It's a fight that people want to see just based off the controversy alone the UFC can sell. Peter Yan has looked like an absolute machine in his last couple of fights, um, looked, appeared to be in the makings of a dominant champion. So he can't even use that excuse, oh, I want to fight Henry Cejudo because it's a money fight. That's not, that's not an adequate excuse because I think the Peter Yan fight is way bigger in my opinion. So give me your thoughts on all that. Okay, so for me, first and foremost, and, and from fighter's standpoint and from fan standpoint, uh, excuse my language, I don't give a fuck what the money fight is. I'm not even going to think about that or debate that. But in terms of merits of the belt, which we always talk about here, the only fight to make is the Peter Yan rematch. That's the only fight on the board table for me. There's no other fights. Um, And then jumping into Ajamain Az- Sterling, context is king. He said he was the champion. He was goaded in by his family and friends who was pressuring him, telling him to say, I am the champ. Here's my issue. It's not even what he did. It's what I said before um, regarding something that Darren Till did, and then he posted it online. Why can't you just keep that to yourself? Look, if it was me and I was in position, me and you were going to celebrate in private. You know, and knowing you the way I know you, you would laugh at you and tell me, like, man, you know, you are, you got gifted that. But and I laughed to you. I'm like, that's that's their problem. I know exactly what I was there. That's Peter Yan's problem. But we wouldn't go around posting that. These private interactions, there's no place for them online. He should have known better as a man, as a human being, that, look, people are going to criticize you for this. And rightfully so. You understand? Because you're the one that put it out there. Um... I think it's just sad that his handlers, his friends, his family, nobody told him, you know what, let's just keep this um, to ourselves and let's just move on to the next. Because there was people that were speculating that he did an acting job. I am not in another man's body. I don't know what type of pain he feels. I'm never going to say somebody acted or, or didn't. I have no idea. But when you have people that are framing in a conversation from there and then they see this right there, all they're going to do is follow the, the crumb trail. And they'll be like, look, he was behaving one way and now we have a whole nother situation. And there's more to it. Um... Because he did more stuff that was weird. I'll get into the Henry Cejudo stuff in a second, but I do want to touch on this. He then turned around, and as I said, for some things, it's not for social media. 
people were sending him hate mail, which is to me, it's just weird. Like if you guys are one of the people you're you're going in and you're sending hate mail and that's it's just that's all of that is weird obsessive behavior. Like you you're a weirdo. <laughs> Somebody, I guess Russian dudes or, or whoever they are, sending pictures of penises, their penis to him, and it's just like it's like first and foremost, like that's just. That's just weird and out of bounds. But then he took it to a whole nother level and he used the platform that he has to actually to screen cap or screenshot the pictures and then post the pictures of the penis that was sent to him and be like, oh, look, people are sending me hate mail. And I, I, I just I, the way he's handling the situation and what's happening is just leaves so much to be desired because it's just like. All right, look, you got the belt and you got the belt rightfully. So I don't even think you were gifted the belt because what, what if they took off one point or two points and he was able to continue, it's a whole different ball game. You could have a draw there because of the point, the way the points is done, you know, quite possibly. You, uh, maybe in who knows, maybe he even wins because of the points are done. But it's just like you got the belt now. The rematch is there for you to have. But instead of doing campaigning for the rematch and everything else, what's what ended up happening is that you're doing everything to just put yourself in hot water with fans. Now, the Henry Cejudo situation, I consider Henry Cejudo to be something like Conor McGregor. In the sense, after every single fight, he keeps throwing his name into the conversation. He keeps allowing himself to be in the conversation. And what's sad part is, is that the masses aren't having a conversation about him and linking him to any kind of fight. They don't even I don't know one person who really cares to see Ajamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Um, I thought that, you know what, this... I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I would go as far as to say it's it's very funny that both of those guys is in the same place at the same time, took a fake photo op, and then somehow, you know, afterwards not a campaigning to see who wants... Nobody wants to see that, dude. So who don't needs to sit down, enjoy his retirement, and for Sterling, he needs to do the right thing and um and fight Peter Yan again and worry about that. And it gets worse and worse for Sterling because, look... The way that fight went, he put on a great performance. Peter Yan did look like the better and more skilled fighters in um in all of the areas. You're, what you should be focused on is how you could improve to beat this guy in the rematch. All of this drama, the penises, the Henry Cejudos. Like, what is going on with this? What is going on? Like, why is that where your attention lies? You understand? Like, because... He could go and fight Peter Yan again and then never get a title shot again after he loses. You understand? Like, so, so worry about what you could control. And that's just getting your skills in and improving as a fighter for next time. And I just thought that he, he killed himself in the media within just a couple of days. Then he released a video where he's trying to justify the actions and saying his friends and it looks family. looks worse. Yeah, it looks worse because guess what? That's fine. I don't think any... Me personally, let me just speak for myself. I understand his friends and family celebrating. If I was your friends or family, I'd be celebrating too. But why do you have to post it? Keep that to yourself. I think celebrate in private. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. I think this is gonna follow him forever. I think when he does fight Peter Yan again, if he does, and then he loses yep. that fight, which I suspect he will, um, I don't think we ever see him in a title fight again. I think if the UFC, let's say the UFC, I'm just making up a hypothetical. Let's say they do Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling four months from now. And let's say Aljamain falls out, you know, with an injury or something. I think they're going to immediately strip Aljamain, and I think they're going to plug somebody else in and make it for the vacant belt. Um, I just, I, I think just me knowing the UFC, 
regardless of how that belt was attained, you know, I don't think anybody feels right about it. You know, regardless, I think, you know, everyone agrees that Peter Yan deserved to be DQ'd, but I think in nobody's minds did it feel good to say, okay, Aljamain's the champion now, because it really didn't feel real. Um, so I just think, you know, he's walking on very thin ice because, tell me, do you do you agree with that sentiment? If they book that fight and then Aljamain gets injured and pulls out, you don't think they're no. going to strip him? Oh no, I think they I think they would strip him, but would I want to see that happen? No. No. I think that it sets bad precedent and that it could be used funkily in the future, um, to just, you know, to to destroy fighters or, or use against fighters that, that uh Dana White and UFC company does not like or whatever and it could be it could just be it could just set bad precedent. I don't remember who it was that had the interim title and he got injured and then um they took away his title shot. Or I think it was Tony Ferguson or something like that. I don't remember who it was. But um, that happened to somebody else. Um, look, if you're gonna create the fake belts, even with the interim titles, you know I always call that the fake belts. You have to at at some point they have to be unified. You understand? It's the same way with this. Um, there has to be some kind of punishment in the totality of the situation for Peter Yan, and his punishment was losing the belt. Now he has to go back and and win that belt. This is a fight that he we do need to see a conclusion of. So even if, if Sterling does get hurt again, we need to see the ending of that fight because anything could happen. We've seen things where people have been losing for five rounds and the next thing you know in that in that fifth round they turn around and won. So I I still need a conclusion towards that fight. Um, I don't like the UFC stripping anybody of anything unless uh, it's a fitting situation for it. And um, I just think that the whole situation just sucks because it sucks about that. Peter Yan is a fool. He should have never needed to ask questions about throwing those that knee, and he should have never thrown it to begin with, especially while winning. Sterling is a clown for his behavior. Not forgetting the belt the way he did. I have no problems with that, but his behavior afterwards and uh, asking Dana to make the Henry Cejudo fight. And um, I think it just stinks all, all the way around. I think it's a big problem. But we have to see a conclusion to that fight. And I also think it's bad for the division because that's going to hold up the division even um. You know, with what's going on. Who knows when that fight's going to be scheduled for. I also wanted to ask you, do you think they should just turn around and just allow those kind of knees? Because Demetrius Johnson was saying something on things via Twitter or Instagram, some social media, where he was like, uh, people use that position to stall and that they should allow those kind of knees. Um, so what is your take on it? Do you think that they, you know, should allow those kind of knees in the future going forward so this way we don't have... These sorts of situations, because it's not the first time we've seen them that those sorts of knees um, become problematic. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me, you know, wants to say yes, you know, just allow it, but I don't know the exact reasonings for why. I guess because they would be so brutal. But, they are, but pride, pride, pride had them. I don't know if it's one of those things where you don't know until you, you know you see it legalized. You see it. Uh, legalized in UFC or in the MMA yep. in general because maybe, you know, guys will be getting hurt a lot more, being off a lot more, concussed a lot more. I, I don't know. Yep. So part of me initially wants to say yes, but I really don't really have an answer for that one because I'm not really sure what would be the ramifications of it. Um, the other thing I did want to touch on, last thing I want to touch on in this fight, and uh, you know I love complaining about refereeing and officiating. Yep. I... And I don't like this referee. I can't give you all the specific examples of why I don't like this referee. But um, in the past, he's just – it's not like he has any crazy blunders. Like, I don't remember any really mm -hmm. crazy blunders. But it just seems like he's always doing weird stuff and, and making weird decisions. And when I went back and rewatched that knee and watched the aftermath of that knee, 
Aljamain Sterling sits up, looks totally normal. He looks hurt a little bit, but he looks pretty much for the most part normal. The doctor comes in, and instead of having the doctor just saying, evaluate him and tell me if he can continue, he literally talks to him right in front of Aljamain Sterling and says, if he can't continue, it's a DQ. Something along those lines. And you yep. see Alj- and this is and this is where, and I don't care, and I said, made it clear on the post-fight that I wouldn't have continued regardless if I was Sterling. But this is kind of where I get into that I believe Aljamain was obviously putting on a performance because you see him, you know almost when you're listening to something but you don't want somebody to know you're listening. He's mm-hmm. leaning in. He's leaning in, right? Sitting up totally normal, listening right there. They're right next to him. They're talking. The second he says that, literally within a second of him saying that, all of a sudden that's when he flails backwards and he starts blinking nonstop. And I just think it was weird. I would have just said I can't continue. And I know he would have got hate for that, but I think it would have been more honest. Because I've never, and again, you said it before, you, you, you can't, you're not in somebody's body, you don't know. But I've never seen anyone. He recovered faster from that Marlon Moraes knee that he got brutally out cold, stiffened up. He recovered faster than that than he did from the knee from Peter Yan. Um, I just think overall, you know, one of these details doesn't make it terrible, but the accumulation of all of them together just makes it really, really bad look for him. And. I just think that referee made a massive mistake because it shouldn't have been – it should have been on the doctor to make a diagnosis by talking to Aljamain Sterling. Then he can make the decision. There was no reason to put that out there. There was no reason to even tell the doctor that. you know. And I know that's a very small detail, but just for me, it was such an easy way to you know fix it. And not you know He didn't need to say anything. That's it. He could have just kept that to himself. Um, Peter Yen obviously made a terrible mistake. Um, he's an idiot for it. And I also wanted to ask you one more thing about that. I did see someone take a little compilation. Uh, Peter Yan got kicked, got a cup shot from Aljamain Sterling earlier in the fight and also a big punch to the back of the head. Um, someone said Peter Yan knew exactly what he was doing. He was exacting his revenge. Mm. Um, how do you feel about that notion? They say, well, Aljamain broke the rules in the fight too. I think, um... I think every single fight that we watch, somebody's break, breaking the rules, whether it's grabbing the fence or, or just doing something else. You know, it happens in the heat of the moment. I think, but the thing with that knee is I think it was egregious on, and unnecessary in the context of the fight. Also, concerning the whole acting thing, I'm not in the next man's body. I don't know what he felt. I don't know what he felt at what moment. I can't judge that, and I'm not going to assume. It's one of those things that I, it's just distasteful for me. So for me, from that standpoint... I just don't know. All I can say is that I won't even touch on it because we'll we'll never know. You know, it may look one way to us, but I, then I'm in reality, it's a whole different. It's a whole different, and that's fine. But I'll never, I'll never know. It's, and I'm not in his body. I can't, I can't tell you what happened um at that time. But it's it's also strange because the the problem is is the same people that have a problem with um with the acting job or, or potentially acting job, or the same people that complain about the stoppages when, when they're early. The weird thing is, is that if he had went back out there and he had fought again, and then he had gotten knocked down or, or KO'd, and then we found out that he had uh, brain swelling and he died a later day, then we'd have the situation where we're like, they're in the savage sport. Look how he got illegally needy, continued. And, and it's, it's just, it just stems with all sorts of problems. I will always go. I don't, when someone is victimized, I'm not worried about the victim. I worry about the perpetrator. Peter Yan, to be a champion, not not like he's on some Greg Hardy uh, stuff. To be a champion, to make that mistake right like that he did, the buck ends with him. And I'm more worried about the knee that he threw than whatever went on with um with Sterling because Sterling is gonna he's gonna have to put on another performance again. 
He's going to have to do this. This would have all stopped. All of this would have stopped if Peter Yen was not the fool that he is and throwing that knee. We would have never had to worry about Aljamain in this um this rematch. We we put potentially on top of that, division would have kept on moving. You know, it all just starts with Peter Yen. In fact, even with the referee, that blunder would have never that could have never even occurred if he had just kept that knee in himself. And and the bare fact that you know people are coming out, he acts his corner and all sorts of stuff like that. He's the champ. He's supposed to be smarter than that. And and it goes even deeper because he was saying um him and John Jones like John uh, had a little back and forth. He was saying Anthony Smith should have um. Take in John Jones title and um and I do agree with those settlements that Anthony Smith should have decided, but he should have just been like I can't continue because of the circumstances. Um but you just look at it and it's just like I I don't We have to just live with the world that we're in. You know. It, there's so many different problems. We could complain about the referees, but it's never going to change. As long as you keep having the same system, it'll be a different referee, same circumstance. You know, it's not going to change. This change. A change has to come with the system. And for individuals, at the end of the day, we keep pretending like anybody out here is some kind of barbarian or alpha male. Look, people exploit the system every single day. And that's rightfully so. Go and exploit the system because the system is showing you that it's there to be exploited. You know, like unless we do something from a whole rule standpoint to curb this kind of stuff, you know, and and rules and parameters is followed. You know, there should be so, so many kind of checks. Like if the referee says that in front of a fighter and the fighter is in hearing distance and you don't pull the doctor aside and you talk in private, automatically the belt should not be able to transfer. There should be some kind of checks because then you'll have people that, if, if they do want to act, I don't know if that's what he was doing, but if they do want to act, they're going to go and they're going to act. There should be a million times the checks. It's not a it's not an issue of him exploiting the rules. It's the issue of the rules are there to be exploited and consistently be exploited. And going back before, the reason why there has to be a punishment for Yan and there should have been a punishment for Sterling is because these are the things that make a difference. Imagine if the punch to the back of the head that would have ended um, Peter Yan's night, or the kick to the cup that would have ended his his night. You know, we have to try to curb these things and stop. And they got to be punishments. That's the only way you you teach people to just stop. You know, like you got to punish them and punish them severely for the mishaps and mistakes that they do make. Um, situations, things all around. Nothing that we say here is going to be done. There's really no changes for refereeing. Uh, Peter Yan is going to be in the situation that he's in. Ajemain Sterling has destroyed his reputation as far as I'm concerned as a fighter. And, um, you know, it's a waste of time to even just keep harping on it. Because yeah. the referee stuff has not changed ever. Ever. We, we've already done multiple videos on it. And it doesn't even look like it's going to change. And, and the situations with the rules, they're just... They're not changing either. So yeah, as far as the um the refing goes, man, it just seems like it's ne- nothing's ever going to be fixed. Yep. And also, I think a big problem with that is that even if Aljamain Sterling was faking, which I 100 percent believe he was towards the end of it before the fight was stopped, the decision shouldn't have been put in his hands. The referee should be able to look at that and say, okay, that was a hard knee. That's going to affect the outcome of the fight, regardless if he's seriously hurt now or not. It damaged him. It did damage to him. At that point, it should just be stopped. You know, it should be like, okay, this is the end of the yep. fight. Um, it, and also, I believe that maybe there should be a rule passed that a championship cannot change hands on a DQ. No. Um, no. You don't think so? Are you? No. 
maybe I'm thinking has to be there has to be oh, severe oh, punishments. There, let me get to for, what I was gonna say. What I was gonna say, I think the best, you know, and I don't know how they would make the rules. I think the best outcome, like let's say you could go back and rewrite the rules for Saturday. I think as soon as the knee landed, essentially, the referee determines, okay, that was a knee that has significant impact on the fight. Let's end the fight. Peter Yan's DQ'd, but he but Aljamain is not crowned the champion, but Peter Yan is stripped of the belt. Yeah. Um and and that that's still still you're in the it's you're practically in the same situation you're in now because even though the the ball hasn't tra- tra- um transferred hands because for me personally if that's the way it worked if I was losing and I knew I was losing and the second I I get the chance to get away out of it, I'm just gonna do an illegal knee or something illegal get myself disqualified and get out of there because if I'm losing on the cards already I see there's no chance for me to win. I might as well try to get away with it because if I do get away with it, it now gives me such an advantage versus I'm already going to lose the belt. So if they strip me, they just strip me. Um, for me, there has to be extensive punishments for not for for anyone that so let, that. Let me ask you this real quick. Why well, I remember mm-hmm. it when you were saying that. Um, I think it was Kevin Ioli put out an article saying Peter Yance should not be fighting Aljamain Sterling next. That he committed this egregious foul and that he should not be able to fight Peter Yance for the belt next. What do you make of that? I think that's ridiculous. For me, as I said, he had, you have to be pun and his punishment, his punishment to me was is the perfect punishment. Not only were you, uh, you lost the belt, but your vic the victim was crowned the champion. Now you have to see that victim go again, and we just run it back and let the world correct itself. But no. Ajamain Sterling should not be defending that title against somebody. That affects the merit of the belt. Okay, he good. should not be defending that title against somebody else to to further punish Peter Yan when he's already like this was the most extensive punishment you could have done. You know, he, he lost his belt and the man that he was beating up has the belt. To me, it just ends right there. I find it it's so crazy that people want to. When there's a severe punishment, just let it be that. We don't have to keep adding on ways to further punish people for their action. This this punishment that he that Yen is faced is fitting enough. You know, he did not go home with that belt. The next man that he knows that in his heart he knows he's better than has the belt and let give him an opportunity to correct the um the world. I I don't want to see Azumi Sterling defend that belt against no. him because we, nah, and we run the risk of now what happens to injury a Yen. Um, injury to Sterling, and and that may put you a year off. Of, no, 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 no. That's that's too much. Yeah, I agree. That's with you way 100%. too much. One hundred percent. They got to run it back. Hopefully, uh, late spring, yeah. early summer, yeah. uh, and we can let the world correct itself, as you said. And, yeah, and real quick about the, about the knees. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Do you think they should legalize them or what? I, I'm. I think. I think there was some truth into what Demetrius Johnson said that that is especially it's especially funny where people do pick their knee up and then drop it down immediately you understand because you you may we may create a situation going further in the future where people try to intentionally get themselves need you know so they could get the disqualification well, victory no yeah, sorry because while I do not know if um if Sterling was acting cuz I'm not in his body and I think it's just ludicrous to just assume there is a it, in the future. There will be people who will attempt to get need in their head and then turn around and act so they can get the, there. That will happen. It's just human, you know, just human behavior. Yep. There will be someone who will pick their knee up in the title fight and then try to drop it down intentionally, hoping that they could do it at the split. And then when it does happen, that they'll just exploit the rules. So I think you just just allow all of it. 
And then it's the same thing with soccer kicks. Allow all of it, and then after that, you don't have to worry about it again. One other thing I wanted to touch on this topic before we move on is I think another massive problem with this whole situation, UFC knees, grounded opponent, is the rules aren't the same in every state. Because remember, so to be considered, for anyone who doesn't know, to be considered a ground opponent, that means three points of contact or a knee down. Okay, So so essentially if you got two feet down and you put a hand down, you're a downed opponent. Um, If you don't even have a knee down, you're still considered down. So people used to play, remember they used to play that funky game where they touched their fingertips down so they were technically down. Um, they changed the rules in some places. Other other places, it's still the same rules. So there's no, uh, you know, uniformity. It's confusing. I'm not even sure which states, you know, you're considered a down opponent with the hands or not, you know. Um, and I know Peter Yan had said he had saw the hands on the ground, and when he picked it up, apparently that's why he need. I, I mean, he doesn't, it doesn't really have an excuse. He's the guy there fighting. He should have known the rules. Uh, but I think they just have to run it back and, and – but I just feel like there's so many areas of improvement, whether it be from the athletic commissions, be whether it's the, the U, on the UFC side. You know, I just feel like there's so many different ways that this situation could have been corrected for the better. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yep, yep. And um, and look, it's just there, there's so many things that it's, it's it's the real problem is not the results of just this fight. It's, we, we have to keep alluding to everything. How do we get here? That's that's the main issue. Even before the knee, these problems existed. And if we don't see this kind of situation happen for another 10 years and nothing changes, the problem is still there. It's just waiting for that one moment for something to happen, and then it occurs. But let's move on because we, we yeah. spent too long on that. Yeah, let's talk about really quickly Amanda Nunes versus uh, Megan Anderson or Megan Anderson. Mm-hmm. The UFC put, I mean, not the UFC, the MMA media put out a headline basically alluding to that. Let me let me pull it up so I can read it verbatim because, verbatim because. Yes, that's fair. It was very tricky, and I saw it, and then I saw it later. Megan Anderson no, no longer under contract with UFC, no longer under UFC contract following the loss to Amanda Nunes. So anybody who just reads that headline, they're immediately going to think the UFC cut her. That's not what happened. The media is terrible at writing these clickbait headlines that really don't make sense. Um, what happened is Megan Anderson fought out of her contract. Yep. She has no fights left on her UFC deal, but the UFC could still re-sign her. You know, they still yep. have an exclusive negotiating period where they can negotiate with her. They may very well let her go, yep. but that is not the case yet. And it's funny because this brings back a very interesting point that I said in the post-fight. Not only did Megan Anderson lose the biggest fight of her career – but she may have lost her job because I believe if the UFC, uh, I know Dana said, oh, he's going to keep letting Amanda Nunes defend, but I think the UFC just needs to get rid of the 145-pound division. Agreed. It's been around for four years. They made it for Cyborg. Then they only had Cyborg fight a couple times. Still um, no real division. There's no, no real rankings. division, no rankings. It's it's just disgusting. Can't name 10 fighters. Yeah, it's disgusting. Mm. So just get rid of the division. Um, dissolve it completely. You know, Felicia Spencer, I think, has a fight coming up. That'll be the last fight at 145. Um, let them all go over to Evicta uh, and let Amanda Nunes defend her belt at 135. What do you think? Um, yeah, I don't have any problems with that. We're, uh, concerning us, Amanda Nunes' size, she seems to have gotten bigger. I want to know what it would even, what she would even look like at 135 at this point and how would that tax her because I think um, she's very comfortable and very happy at 145. Uh, for Megan Anderson and the MMA media, I think, you know, MMA media and media in general has a responsibility 
to make things clear and coherent to everyone. But us as fans and media consumers, we have a responsibility to ourselves to actually know what's going on and to do research. So while the title was framed like that, I think it was it, you know, it's on the onus is on people themselves that consume it to instead of just making assumptions to dig a little deeper and see what happens. Because in no way, shape or form did the title say she was cut. It was framed a certain way, but the title really didn't say she was cut. So it's on onus on the person. But we know MMA media and media in general is going to exploit the clickbaity, um, clickbaity titles are uh, real quick off of the two fifty nine stuff. Uh, something like that also happened with um, with Dan Hardy. You know, um, Dan Hardy was what some people thought was victimized by um, BJ Penn, BJPenn dot com, who had a title that you know basically people claimed. I didn't, I didn't make this assumption, but people claimed that uh, the way it was worded was that he had a. Um, uh, a sexual assault allegation or something to that effect with a female UFC employee, and that's why he's no longer under contract with them or something to that effect. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like USADA when USADA says somebody fills the test and then come out and <laughs> says, you know, they, they didn't actually fill the test. But the onus, the onus really is on is on everybody to just do their research and put their P's and Q's. How do you feel about uh, that Dan Hardy situation and... And do you care? Do you not care? And uh, how did you feel about how the MMA media, you know, worded BJPenn.com specifically uh, worded um, the his situation? So I don't know if I could say, you know, I really care all that much. But me with my hate of MMA media and what they constantly do, and, and it's just disgusting. Uh, I'll defend Dan Hardy here. I felt like. The way they put it, it was like Dan Hardy fired from UFC after incident with female employee. And just the way they worded it, I know for a fact, you know, I would say 90% of people who read that headline immediately went to sexual assault, sexual. Yeah, uh, but does that make that allegation? Does that make that correct? Or is that like where where does the buck lie in that situation? Does that lie with the media or does that lie with people? Because as a society, what does it tell us about us as a society that that's the first thing that that people assume? I think it lies with the media because whoever wrote that headline, that's what they wanted. They wanted to look as damning as possible. If they would have said Dan Hardy fired from UFC commentary job after argument with other UFC employee, nobody would have been okay. Nobody would have cared. I don't think I, we would have even talked about it at all. Um, but they put that in there. They wanted to make it look like that. For me personally... The, wor- the words the words exactly was, because I wanted to let the listeners have a chance. It says, Dan Hardy, this is off BJPenn.com. They tweeted this. Dan Hardy has reportedly been fired by the UFC and BT Sports following an alleged incident with a female employee on Fight Island. And I think that the, the issue with the wording there, for me at least personally, is alleged incident with and then they specified female um employee i think that's the issue but i also think uh, look i agree with you this was worded to seem like sexual assault it was um yeah yeah um because just the way the, the framing now i don't like making assumptions i actually think assumptions is an errand of a fool so i usually i usually take my do my best to not make assumptions but the way this was worded when you look at the context of this the fact that it was specified that it was a female employee and then they say the alleged incident you you could tell what they what their desired outcome of the headline was the thing is is that i think this speaks to not just 
the context of the media, but us as a society, because that's the first thing that we have to assume. Like, they're, they're, that's what's going on so much out there. That's the first thing to pop into the head. And the media takes advantage of that, you know? It's a combination of whole different factors. I also think that this speaks to Dan Hardy as a person. And I think above the media and everything else, I don't think that there's going to be... There's going to be a segment, but I don't think there's going to be a large segment of people that's going to miss him from the commentary team. I think that the UFC as an organization, Dana White included, has finally gotten tired of his antics. I remember they started threatening him after um, the Herb Dean situation. You know, like, just keep your mouth shut and just do your job. I think that Dan Hardy, he claimed that the argument was over what he called missed opportunities, and he hasn't come on come out on and elaborated on the situation any further um before that but i think that his personality kind of person that he he seems to be he likes to search out conflict um for whatever the situation that this was you know i would i'm really curious to know why was it so serious for him to go and argue um with any uh female employee because just as a man whether we want to agree with it or not I know personally how it would look for me in the workplace to be having a shouting match with a female employee and how that would look and how the world would perceive that. So I would avoid doing that. And for him to be a professional fighter and whatever the situation was for him to take it upon himself and then go and do that. You know, I think he got what he deserved. Um, And maybe this will teach him a lesson to just stay in his lane and just sometimes just, uh, you know, you just got to know. In what environment and in what situations to do what things? Um, do we even know for sure that it was a shouting match? Like, do we know it just wasn't like a? a we we don't really know any details, right? We have we have absolutely no details. I would assume that it was a shouting match because what could? There's no casual conversation that he could have had with a female employee that would say, you know what, um, let's fire him for this, even if it was a disagreement. You know, like just. What kind of, how would he get fired for just a casual conversation? Now, it's, it's possible. It is possible. But that's not kind of how the world works. I, I, feel um, like, I feel like sometimes you can be having a conversation and get really shitty with someone without yelling. That's the only reason I was asking. I mean, either way, I was it, just Well, then, it, then that, still, that still speaks to his character. Because once again, in the workplace, I've learned... Personally, sometimes it's better to just be like, okay, I see where, where this situation is heading. Um, it's not a positive situation for me, and let me just go the other way. There's so many weird people in this world that they wanna, they wanna get shitty, they wanna, they wanna, they wanna do the bullshit, and then they don't wanna accept the consequences in the end. There's consequences for everything. I mean, for us regular people, these even more so consequences. You know, eventually you just gotta just, just accept it. You know, whatever he was prepared to say that day or prepared to do, he sh- at that moment he should have been prepared to lose his contract with the UFC, and it's as simple as that. I can't wait till we find out. I mean, not can't wait. We'll never but, find but out. But I hope we find out more details on the incident. Um, but I, I think, regardless, I think Dan Hardy will probably find a job with another promotion. Um, I know he's, his YouTube channel's kind of what popular. promotion will want him? I think probably Bellator. I think probably Bellator would pick Where him up. Where does he fit in there? Me and you have had multiple discussions about Bellator's um about their their whole media side and how and how terrible it is and the bad job that they do. Where where would where would he fit in there in that kind of mess? In fact, he may if he did go over there, but probably subtract from the the horrible presentation that they already have, probably make it even worse. So it's just it's it's very weird. Where would he fit in? I I think the only place that he'll be rocking out is on his YouTube channel. So, people like him will go there and support him. So for me personally, um, 
I, you know, we neither one of us really like Dan Hardy as far as a commentator. Yeah. Um, but I think he would actually be an upgrade for Bellator. Uh, Bellator's commentators, big John McCarthy, I'm not a big fan of. As far as his commentating abilities, he's awkward. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just feel like I think the Be- that Bellator may sign him. You know, just a hunch. I'm just thinking that, but maybe not. And replace him with somebody, or, or make maybe the broadcast just, even more convoluted no, by think, having another voice. I think they may just use him here and there. I don't know what exactly would be the use. You know, I know they have some people at the front desk. They'll have Chael Sonnen talking, but he's not necessarily a commentator. He may be a talking head just for like the broadcast. Yeah. And also, I just think. And maybe it's starting to change. People are saying that it's starting to change. But I think the UFC just lo- – I mean, not the UFC. Bellator loves picking up the UFC scraps. Regardless, if even if it's not in a fighting capacity, it seems like you know they love picking up former UFC anybody because they have that facial recognition, the voice recognition. People know – MMA combat sport fans know them. You know, I know Dan Hardy isn't a massive incident. Yeah, that, I was about to – okay. But – yeah. People in the hardcore MMA community know who Dan Hardy is, and I think that Bellator will probably. I got a feeling that Bellator will probably grab him up. Oh, you know what? And I'm glad that you mentioned that because that triggers. There was something I did want to talk about before. Um, but let's just get something straight. Um, this hardcore MMA community is not as substantial as you, it seems that you think it is. It does not really move the needle. Um, and in those situations, I don't know who would want to pick up Dan Hardy. His YouTube channel, where people go over there and support him, you know, um, he's going to have that there. But for Be- Bellator, I don't know what they would do for him. You can't add him to the boot. He doesn't get along with certain people. His commentary is, um, leaves a lot to be desired. There's just so many negatives. What I wanted to say before was you said that for hardcore fans, um, a lot of people would probably, uh, hardcore fans would be interested in seeing Glover Teixeira versus... Um, uh, Jan Blovis, Blan Blovis versus Glover Teixeira. Um, I actually think that settlement is wrong. I I think that there was that was such a a cold fight because to be honest with you, that was the fight that was supposed to happen instead of this Alasanya fight in terms of just the division merit of the belt, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And people did not care that Alasanya, of course, skipped over um, Glover. And I think that. We even had a conversation that if Alexander Rockets, if he had an impressive performance, he may jump over Glover, man. I don't really think that many fans, hardcore or not, that they really that they really support Glover in terms of wanting to see him and that they're going to go out there and um want to have him fight. Now, that doesn't change the fact that he's supposed to be getting that title opportunity next based on the merit the win streak and where he's at in um in his career. But I really don't know how much and what segment of fans is really clamoring over that fight. In fact, I think me and you have really we've been the only channel on YouTube that I've seen even speak extensively about the matchup between Glover Teixeira and um Jan Blahovich. I have not heard anyone talk about um Jan Blahovich uh, next uh, title defense go being against Glover to share. I haven't seen anybody even interested or, or really oppress that or even talk about that. So, you know, it's it's just a strange thing because people were even saying after what is Yan going to do next? When you have Glover there, what is he on a seven fight win streak? And I think it's, it's five, like sorry. five. Yeah. So it's just like, yo, what's, what's going on? You know, so it's it's crazy. I think that the MMA, the hardcore MMA fans is way smaller than what we believe because there's there's. MMA fans who are casual fans, and you know the kinds I'm talking about, the ones that were willing to miss events because they're 
They got stuff to do, other occasions and things to do. Um, then you have the hardcore that's like me and you that will maybe, at, maybe at most, they'll miss only one event per year. They won't miss any events. They're re- ready and willing to watch anything. And not only UFC content, but content that's just MMA in general. And I think that segment is getting smaller and smaller as time go by. And we're seeing more um, middle of the road, not casuals, but not really hardcore. Like they'll check out most events per year, especially with the paywalls that's been going on versus that. And also the just by judging from the media standpoint, MMA media has not come into play concerning like backing Glover to share. You know how they always back somebody for number one contender. They have not come into play at all. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the same media members that um that love pushing for um other individuals to get t- title shots with no merit and stuff that they'd be like, oh, pass up Glover, or they don't even call for that. You know, that's not a fight that Ariel Hawani's gonna be calling for. Let's be realistic. He better be. That's the fight that needs to get made. If that, yeah, if that, yeah, yeah, but he ain't gonna call for if that. That Come fight on. doesn't get made, man. I'm gonna be so annoyed because that's just the fight to make Me right too. now. Yeah. Um, after that, you can move on to the division to some of these younger guys. You know, and we'll see what happens, but. I, I think that it will get Have made. Have you seen any other um, YouTube channels or websites really pushing Glover to share? Like, what have you seen? Because I haven't seen that. These last couple of days, I really haven't been paying attention to anything. So, okay. So I'm not sure. But I know that Yan came out and publicly said, you know, that's that, that's yeah. the next title mm-hmm. fight. Uh, I think Glover would be dumb to take another fight before then. Um, yep. And I think there's no one more deserving in the division. But, Same. you know, stuff stuff changes all the time and... Yep. I just really hope that that's the fight that's made, maybe late summer, early fall, something like that, um, because it just makes sense, and it, it'll be a kind of a fun fight. You have two old guys fighting over a belt. Yep. Jan Blachowicz with his crazy career resurgence. You know, Glover obviously fought for the belt, what, eight years ago now? Seven Jeez. years Seven years yep. ago. It was seven yep. years ago he fought for the belt. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. Jeez. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. I, I was. I remember I told you I was there for that fight. Uh that, yeah. that was here, and uh, and I remember John Jones breaking out those, those little elbow cranks, you know, whatever you want yeah, to call Yeah, we it. remember when he cranked. Yeah, it's yeah, first, I, was, I was exactly what I was thinking of myself. Just though, yeah. yeah, which is crazy, but it's crazy that Glover has stuck around for so long, and it's not easy to do in the UFC, and, he, and now he's earned himself a total shot. He's fought, he, he faced adversity in the Thiago Santos fight. Yep. Uh, and I, and I, this is a matchup that I, I'm excited to see how it plays out, and, you know, it may not be the biggest selling pay-per-view, but maybe they could stick it on a co-headliner, you know, co-main event of a, of a bigger card. Um, man, I can't wait for UFC 260 coming up. I'm so excited for that fight card. Um, 261 is looking like it's going to be stacked. But hopefully we get to see that fight down the line. If that's a fight that's missed, because it's now or never. That's not a fight that, oh, it'll happen in a exactly. year. It's got to happen now or never. There's too many young people making their ways up the rankings. These guys are not getting any younger who are already, you know, there, Glover and Deanne. Um and I hope that the MMA community does push for it. And I think since it makes so much sense, it's an open and shut case, I think the UFC will have to make it. But it is crazy how you don't see Glover's name everywhere, but yet the second yeah. the second Connor gets knocked out by <laughs> Dustin and he hasn't won a lightweight fight in five years, um, you see him pushing for a, a Conor McGregor title shot. So that, it just goes to show the MMA media bias. They want to push anyone who generates the most clicks to the top spots of the division we will never, ever do that on In-Depth MMA YouTube channel. Never, ever, ever. Um, it, it was nice, actually, for a change at UFC 259 as far as uh, Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. 
Yep. But the bantamweight division, as crazy as it is right now, to see the rightful number one contender get the title shot in that case, it's very refreshing. I was happy to see that, and I hope that you know later this year we will see Glover versus him. All right, so let's move into some stuff. Hold on, hold on. No, one, this... one more thing I wanted to mention because we kind of got off topic from the Amanda Nunes situation. Yeah. Um, it looks like Juliana Pena is calling for that title shot. And I, looks... I saw. I see, yeah, I saw. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that to you because I know we had talked about it a little bit on the post fight. Yeah, I, I have no comments on that um, as of right now, and, and I, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna ignore that for right now until um, something more substantial comes out about that. Well, I'm gonna say I think it's the fight that's gonna happen. I think it's the yeah. only person left to really fight Amanda Nunes at 135. Yeah. It's a fresh matchup. I think we might get a quick turnaround and see, see Amanda Nunes because why wouldn't Amanda Nunes? How much? I mean, she's 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 another one that has. Um, Fresh start of a family, um, a young child there. Who knows what she wants to do? You know, so I, I just, I, I have no idea. I, I, if the fight is scheduled, I'll be happy to talk about it. But as as of now, you, you, you know what I would love? They have Wei Li Zhang versus Rose and uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade on the same card. Screw it. Throw Amanda Nunes versus uh, Juliana Pena. Let's get three. Title fights, all three women divisions on one pay-per-view card. That'd be awesome. It would be, but the UFC, I think they like to have those um, women fights. So sometimes they could throw them as like a double championship header um, with something else. So, well, I, I don't know. I, you know, that one right there, that really escapes my interest to talk about for a multitude of reasons. But if it's scheduled, you know, I'll be right there and I'll talk to you um, about it. Because we, we have so much to get into and we're already an hour into it. And uh, we haven't even elaborated on, on current stuff. We're still going to be on 259 News. Um, Dominic Cruz. Man, after the post-fight interview, uh, we already did the post-fight for that. If you want to know our thoughts on the fight, please watch the post-fight. But after the post-fight interview, he called out Hans Molenkamp. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, Joe Rogan kind of shut it down real quick. Um, didn't let him elaborate on it. But after we've seen um, Ali come out, we've seen other fighters come out. Um, a lot of people went to ran to Hans's um, Instagram and, you know, they were in his comments talking about, oh, did you force Stipe to do this video with you? Because there's a video of him and Stipe, like, messing around with each other and all sorts of stuff. Um, I bring it up because I think that Dominic Cruz is a very polarizing character. I think that he did something great for fighters here if he did expose the dark underbelly of UFC sponsorships and what's going on behind the scenes. But when you look at how the fans have some fans, not all fans, but some fans have responded to it, complaining about uh, Cruz and his situation, his standing with the UFC, you can tell that I never knew. There's a segment of fans that do not like Dominic Cruz. Like, they're not supporters of him. They don't like his personality. They don't like what he got going on. There's people... um, Alluding to the Keith Peterson situation, that his his two concerns is Keith Peterson and Hans Molenkamp and not other fighters, and he's always getting hurt and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, man. I think it um, I think it I think it sucks because it not only does a disservice to Dominic Cruz and and his legacy in the sport, but when you're there exposing villains like Hans Molenkamp seems to be. You know, because a lot of fighters have now come out, especially with what Ali was saying, to, like, expose this man's uh, character, potentially. And the focus is not on what the what it's supposed to be. The narrative starts to change and people are worried about Dominic Cruz. But just imagine having a sport where 
I'm your I'm I'm not even your sponsor. I'm just somebody that works for your sponsor. And I'm calling you. I'm like, Joey, yeah, come take these pictures with me. Um, come come do this video with me. And it, let's say you're busy with your family or do you or you just don't want to. You don't even have to be busy. You just don't want to. And then next thing you know, it's time to negotiate and I'm like, Oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. So we're gonna have to take food out of your mouth, which is which essentially what you're doing when you're reducing somebody's uh paycheck and stuff like that. It's a very bad situation. I think that Cruz did the right thing. Um, how do you feel about Cruz and and him doing it in the setting that he did? Joe Rogan's reaction, Ali's comments, and do you think that we'll see something happen to Hans Molenkamp? And do you feel like there's more individuals that's like him that's plaguing the MMA community that we just don't know about? Uh, I think my initial reaction after I kind of you know read about this incident and everything like that. Yes. Is I thought maybe Dominic Cruz opened the floodgate. You know, maybe this has been going on with others, but it's just like there's so little details about it. Um, I think Joe Rogan, as far as the Joe Rogan part of it, I think in his mind he's probably like, I don't want to touch this at all in the UFC's broadcast. You know, there could be someone in his ear saying, "Do not engage with this." Um, I think that Dominic Cruz, if he feels he's been wronged, he should stand up for himself. I think he's one of the very few guys who can do that, you know, because there's other guys who may be, you know, smaller, lesser-known guys that, you know, if they're there to speak out, there could be consequences, and we wouldn't even know. Because Real of their quick, name. do you feel that he's been wrong? Because after the Ali comments and the names, the names of the amount of fighters that he brought into the situation and, and, and fighters supporting Dominic Cruz, what is your assumption? Because you're the one that likes making assumptions. So, I, how, how do you feel? Do you think that he's been wrong from all the context that we've gotten in the last couple of days? So, so with the little details that we have, I don't think that Dominic Cruz, he seems like a smart guy from his history, you know. Obviously, I don't know him. I, I can't say for yep. sure, but he just seems like an intelligent guy. I don't feel like he would bring these allegations without having information to back it up. And then you have yep. Ali talking about it. And then what was really telling the Ali comments, you know, people say, yeah, yeah, you know, thumbs up and stuff like that from, from other prominent fighters. Yep. So regardless, uh, you know, we have to see the details, but there's definitely, you know, something to it. we got to find out. I don't think any of these guys are going to bring this up. You know, Dominic Cruz just calls like a media storm over this. Why would he want to do that unless there really was a problem? But what's hilarious is there is a picture of Dominic Cruz riding on the handlebars with uh, the Monster Energy president or whatever riding him on a bike. <laughs> Did you uh, see the that? same Hans individual. Yes. It's an old you know, picture. First off, what you just described to me will probably give me nightmares in the near future. Uh, that just... I'll send it that to just you. So- yeah, that just sounds weird. Um, Check your phone right now. I just sent it to you. Yep. Uh, that just sounds we'll like put it very, up, we'll, very I'll put it on the screen for this, too. Remind me that. Yeah, that just sounds like very weird. Look, Joey, as as good friends as me. Oh, I see. I, yeah. We not doing this. As <laughs> so good as friends as we are. I seen on uh, MMA Reddit or, or UFC Reddit, it said, uh, it said me and the boys after we both get vaccinated. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is that... Um, out of everything that I saw on Hans's Instagram, I'm not surprised that it's Dominic Cruz that would be in a position like this. There's one for there's, whatever there's reasons. There's multiple pictures that have surfaced. There's one with him giving TJ Dillashaw a piggyback ride too. <laughs> you know, I didn't even bother sending them to you because it was like I'm, I'm glad that you didn't because, as I said, there is a insidious belly underbelly to a lot of stuff that goes on in these um. These these big corporations and big situations. Um, 
all of that just seems. Me and you have been friends now, going coming on close to soon to ten years. You know, if I jump on your back or you pick me up, like you know, we we have a lot of history. To to jump on a stranger's back, um, you just went out. All right, so we suffered some tef- technical difficulties there. Um, you know. It's part of the process, but let's jump right back into the conversation. So basically, what I was saying is that for Hans Molenkamp, you know, it's, it's a very weird situation. and There's an insidious underbelly to um, all these large, large corporations and stuff like that. And I just couldn't imagine being a person and, you know, you're begging other people to be your um, your friends. You're paying them to take pictures with you and you're, you're just doing this, etc., etc. But on the other end, for the fighters that have came out. And have supported what Dominic Cruz is saying. In my eyes, then we better not have these sorts of pictures come out with you that you look like you was enjoying it to begin with. And now that there's an opportunity to complain, you complain. Because if Cruz didn't say nothing, you probably would have still remained quiet about the stuff. Some of the pictures that they have is just it's just to me it's just very weird when you see like these individuals are strangers. Um I couldn't imagine there's a man that I don't know and or anyone for that matter. Let me just there's someone I don't know. I just met and he's giving me a piggyback ride like, you know, I just I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine sitting on a bicycle. He's he's there sitting on the seat pedaling and my hands are covering his hands on the, the little, you know, what you call the handle. And, and, you know, I'm practically holding his hands. He's touching my ass. Like, I, I just, I couldn't imagine. I don't know him. You understand? And just posing for a picture like that. Um, maybe the checks weren't big enough for Dominic. Maybe he just got tired of being a fake friend. Who knows? But I would always tell everyone, if you have a problem at the start of something, voice it at the start. Because when you let it linger for a long time and happen and happen... Then there was going to be a segment of the population that's going to question, like, you didn't have a problem before. Maybe it's because the checks was bigger before. But now that the checks aren't as substantial, you may have a problem now. It's just a weird situation. This Hans Molenkamp thing, it just, it just lets me know that the UFC, um, they can't escape this sort of insidious underbelly that seems to be just around all media and everything else. Like, they're, they're, they're part of it, too. And I'm sure Hans Molenkamp is not the only one. What is his name? Steven Seagal? I don't know if you remember, but a lot of people claim that Steven Seagal also had something like similar to this, where he was paying people to hang out with him, paying people to pretend like he was teaching them techniques and all sorts of other stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, it seems like this has been around MMA uh, for a long time. Oh, without a doubt, man. It's a, it's a weird thing. Um, I'm sure we'll get more details of it from Dominic Cruz and probably other fighters. Uh, seemed like Dana White was quick to shut it down, but obviously all Dana White is cares about the checks himself. You know, obviously he's getting a portion of their pay from these sponsors. Um, but we'll see what comes of it. We'll see what comes of it. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you is earlier, I think it was supposed to be at UFC 254, originally Islam Makashev was supposed to fight Rafael Desanyas. After that impressive performance on Saturday night, is that a fight that you'd be interested in seeing the UFC rebooking? Um, repeat that. Islam Makhachev versus who? Rafael Dos Anjos. Rafael Dos Anjos. Um... They were originally supposed to fight in October of last year, but yeah. then RDA fell out. 
It'd be a nice step up in competition. Yeah, I would like. I would like seeing that. Um, Islam actually had a back and forth with somebody. Uh, oh, with um, Michael Chandler. Oh. He had a back and forth with Michael Chandler uh, on Twitter. Michael Chandler must have alluded to the fact. I guess he thought that uh, Makachev's fighting style was boring, and Makachev just kind of said respectfully but disrespectfully, "You know, your training partners know my level, um, and basically, you're not on my level, though." For do you know what? Not that it matters, but for the sake of curiosity, what RDA is ranked right now? Nah, I'll pull it up though. Yeah, because Makhachev was ranked 14. Um, I think that his next fight has to be within the top 10. He's gonna move up and he, he, he may move up in ranking. Even though I think if he Dos Anjos is seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that that seems to be the proper step for him to take. And if he's able to win there, then I'd be comfortable with him getting a guy in the top five. How do you feel about him? He was also, he was calling, he wants the Tony Ferguson fight. How do you feel about that fight? Disgusted. (laughs) It seems like everyone wants to call out the dead body of Tony Ferguson. (laughs) What people presume to be the dead body of him, you know, they're digging him up from the grave and um, they want to fight him. Um, I'm disgusted by that. He need to go fight somebody around the same age as him when these young killers is out there too. Islam is gonna have a very hard, uh, you know, style to deal with for yeah. any of these top guys. Yep. You know, um, but I, I want to see him in there. I think the RDA fight makes the most sense. Um, you know, if you look at RDA, he's number seven. Next number six is Connor. There ain't no way they're making that fight. <laughs> no, um, happen. But side note, when I when I thought of this. If I'm Connor, that's the fight that, and I'm confident that's the fight I'm trying to get, because if if I'm Connor, he says he wants that Khabib rematch more than anything. Go in there, knock out Islam Makhachev, and then call out Khabib. Because Khabib, I think that would genuinely entice him to come back. Because Khabib, that's supposed to be Khabib's boy. You know what I mean? And, and if Connor went in there and starts him, Khabib's like, yeah, I gotta go avenge my boy. There, that can't. Just the way Khabib strikes me, the way he stood up for his guys after yep. that whole brawl thing. There ain't no way. That he's going to let that slide. So if Connor really wants that Khabib rematch, beg for the Islam fight. You can make you you tend to be a guy who can make fights happen. You know you kind of get to pick your opponent. Call out that fight. <laughs> I don't think that that's an option he would take. I think he looks at the stylistic matchup. <laughs> he just this ain't for me. Um, I'd love to see it. Um, you know, but I don't know how you feel. I'm kind of past the Conor McGregor stuff. You know. I'm like I'm literally kind of past. Like I, I don't, I just don't care right now. Like right I'm now, saying. at least, yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't care for Islam. Um, RDA fight is fantastic. Then if he could win there to get a, a a top five guy, and then from there a title shot for me, um, it would be good. Uh, I think as you said, this just the way he fights is gonna be problematic for a lot of people. I'm just uncomfortable with how so many people are ready and willing. To dance on the grave of Tony Ferguson, and also for that. a guy like for a guy like um, for Islam, what would you get out? Of, what would you even get out of uh, beating Tony Ferguson at this point? You know, I mean, so many so many people are down on him, and I'm not talking about me or you, but just like the general consensus, so many people are down on him. Even fighters came out, which is very weird. Even fighters came out to throw dirt on his grave. Um, Justin Gaethje, amongst other people, have come and been like, "Oh yeah, you know." Um, they don't see the skill set of blah, 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 plus the age of Tony Ferguson, too. So it's kind of weird that everyone wants to fight him now, that he's at this point. But no, and yeah. everyone wants, yeah, and they want to get get a uh, win off of him. So I just don't know. RDA definitely, 
But if he was to win there, who would you want to see him fight next? And like within the top five, since you have the rankings in front of him. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know if they'll remain in the top five, but just what would be a name? Yeah. So RDA, first off, man, if he doesn't go down in history, he takes the toughest fights of anyone. Yep. You know, look. At, I'm just naming this off the top of my head, but look at the last couple of fights he's had. Um, you know, Kamar Usman, Colby Covington. This was Robbie Lawler of a couple of years ago. Uh, and then to be take on a guy like Islam Makhachev, which he was originally scheduled to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was supposed to fight Connor yep. in his heyday. This guy just this guy just takes the toughest fights. Um, and I think if the question was if Islam beats RDA, was that the question? Yes. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him against Charles Oliveira. I don't know how the division would be shook out at that point in time. Well, let, well, we both are proponents for Charles Oliveira to get the next title shot. So let's let's remove him from from that whole equation. Well, I'm thinking here's how the division's going to play out. You're going to have Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Then, if you take Charles Oliveira for the next title shot, I guess Charles Oliveira has to fight Michael Chandler for the belt. Mm-hmm. So then, really, there's no one available. You, Islam would have to fight RDA and then have to wait for the rest of the division to shake out before he fought. So who's else. um? Who's no the sixth guy? Who's the sixth guy? Connor. Then? So Connor's already shit. taken, and then so the only guy left would be Tony Ferguson for him to fight. What a, what a, what what a shit show! And I don't think none of these fights are scheduled either. That's the problem. Yeah. What a shit so, show! Yeah. Uh, so hold on a second. Yeah. So hold on. So if you did Dustin versus uh, Connor too. Then you would do Charles Oliveira for the belt. Who if 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 Dustin's already taken taken the fight against Connor, who would you put Charles Oliveira against for the title? It would have to be I guess Michael Chandler. Yeah, um, I don't want Charles Oliveira Ooh. to fight. Oh, here what we could do. Never mind, I, I'm mistaken. So let's just okay, let's good. just operate under the assumption Dustin's fighting Connor. That's out of the way. That's not for the belt. Then let's say you have Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje for the belt. Okay. Yeah. Then you could do Michael Chandler versus Islam Makachev if Islam beats RDA. That would be a fun one. And the winner of that could fight for the winner of Justin Gaethje versus Charles Oliveira. But the, the division is so... For for just having a lot of fights, the division is just a disaster yeah. right now. Nobody has current scheduled fights. I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone in the top ten has a scheduled fight right now. You correct me. I might be wrong, but tell me off your memory, Sully. Dustin Poirier, does he have a fight? No. Justin Gaethje, no. he don't have a fight. Charles Alvarez don't have a fight. Michael Chandler don't have a fight. Tony Ferguson don't have a fight. Connor don't have a fight. RDA don't have a fight. Dan Hooker don't have a fight. Benil no. Darius just fought, so he doesn't have a fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Paul Felder, maybe Paul Felder has a fight. I don't know. So yeah. at least the top nine don't have a don't have a fight right now. It's just unbelievable. Um, we got to get that division moving and going. Um, in terms of Justin Gacy, how long has it been since he since that tight opportunity yet? That was the end of October. Yeah. All right. So you know this, it's a while, but it's not too. I, I just want to see those guys fight. All that division is so stacked and it's so great. We guys got to keep moving that along. Um, Islam's in a tough position here too, because those are all really big names too. You know, so not only he has to fight his way up as uh, being a young contender and, and gaining new skills. But he also has to uh, keep building the fan field behind his name, which I think it's just gonna come with the wins, uh, similar to Habib, you know. So um, we'll see, cause he seems like a very talented guy, but I want to see him against the upper echelon. Yeah, man, what he did to Drew Dober was filthy. I would be hyped to see him against Michael Chandler. That'd be a great fight. 
And I would also be hyped to see him against Justin Gaethje because, man, imagine he took Justin Gaethje down and he um and he just choked him out or something crazy. What's crazy is I actually like, and again, we don't have the sample size, but I like Islam's chances against every single person in the top five, really. Um, I, The only person that I would be hesitant to pick him, to not pick him, would be the Oliveira fight. I knew it. Yeah, I knew he was going to say um, it, yeah. But, man, he, what he would do... For obvious reasons. I think he brutalized Tony Ferguson. Yeah, um, me I, too. I really like the Michael Chandler fight, but I would favor Islam. I like the Chandler fight a lot, though. I think um, that that's one we have to see. Um, obviously, next is Charles Oliveira, which you already talked about. The Justin Gaethje fight, Justin Gaethje shows if he's taken down, he can be controlled like a baby. Yeah. Um, and if Islam's anywhere near the caliber of Khabib, which he seems like he's... he's and, and training partners and people claim he is, yeah. Yeah, what is he going to do to Justin Gaethje, you know? Um, then Dustin Poirier, what's he going to do to Dustin Poirier? You know what I mean? If Khabib can do it, uh, Dustin would be an interesting fight as well. I'm not count. I'm not counting any of those out. I said, you know, he would obviously destroy Tony Ferguson. Um, and then you have Connor who's sitting outside at number six. I don't like Connor's chances at all against Islam, but we know I'm a Connor hater, so. Yeah. So Islam's um, future is looking really bright. I never really thought of it like that, man. I would probably gun to my head right now. I would pick him against anybody in the top six except Charles Oliver. It's um, it's problematic, you know, because um, I have to see these stuff happening. I'm not gonna fall into a trap of like favoring him as of yet. It seems like it seems like it would against a lot of these guys. I want to see if Michael Chandler can stuff the takedown. Then what happens? That's, if just, that's why that, yeah. I thought that fight would be the most If Justin Gaethje could, yeah, could stuff the takedowns, then what would happen? If he could take down a guy like Oliveira, can Oliveira then turn around and submit him? Then what happens? You know, those are the kind of questions I have and what I would like to see um, going on. It, just to get some more questions out of the way for him. Um, but we got to get that division a- active and moving because it's like... Damn their top ten, there's no scheduled fights, that's a problem. I know. That's a problem. And one of the best, if not the best division in the UFC. Big problem. So Yeah, they really need mm. to get some of those matchups, man. I wonder I know this would never happen, but I wonder how an Islam Makhachev versus Habib Nuragamedov fight would go. That'd be an interesting matchup. I'm going Habib all the way. We need more information on Islam. Wouldn't that be a fun Habib. matchup though? I don't know yet, because it's the same thing with the Alasanya that we just went through. We got to have him be more time and, and tested, you know. On paper, it all looks good. But then when you when you put these guys against the their contemporaries who have been timed and tested, you know, the, those guys seem to be coming out on top. So I, I got to see more of Islam. He looks great, but I want to see him in trouble. I want to see him in deep waters against somebody that can stop the takedown. Yeah, me too. And I want to see how, um, how really competent the striking is against a high-level striker and how much he could just... Um, you know, neutralize that. I think what'll be a good situation for him is not not the quality of opponent, but a fight similar to that Habib had against Al Ayaquinta that answered questions for us. That like, you know, it's like even if it's just a striking battle over Habib, it doesn't seem like the way he's always see he's still able to do enough to win. So and which I thought he won that fight clearly. I want to see something to similar to that kind of effect. And against these uh quality names is there because while there's a, a route for him to get the belt, and just on the skills alone that we've seen, we would probably favor him. Man, 
that right there is, is something similar to John Jones, um, his route to get to the belt. The amount of quality names that he has to go through, potentially, to get that title shot and to get the belt is going to be insane. I know, man. Because all those names that you mentioned besides um, all those names, all those names are killers. You know, in one way, shape, or form, and they and they plot. Uh, they're they're a test for him in, in one way, shape, or form. Especially Oliveira. I know, man. I would love to see any of those fights. And that may be a match. You may never get Habib versus Oliveira, but you may get um, Islam. Islam versus <laughs> yeah Oliver, and well, that'd be real fun. You're gonna call me crazy right now, but if I'm running the UFC, give me Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev for the vacant belt. Especially if Dustin is going off and fighting Connor, and he doesn't want the title shot, um, because if he if he fights Connor, obviously we said it before, he forfeits his his yep. chance. Um, I know Islam, you know, hasn't beaten anyone, so I'm kind of going against my, my own logic here. But if you look yep. at the other guys, kind of tied up, Tony Ferguson's on a two fight losing streak. Uh, Justin Gaethje's on a one fight losing streak. Michael Chandler's yep. only on a one fight win streak against a guy, you know, and Dan Hooker that's not, you know, as highly touted as Islam. So screw it. I, this is one of those gray areas where I would be happy with a Charles Olive. I would be not only happy, I would be ecstatic. That would be the real Hamzat Chamaya versus Leon Edwards. Like that'd be like the 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 one that was supposed to happen yes, in the sense of terms because of Islam has looked great, but he has match up in timing, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, that'd be the one that was supposed to happen versus the UFC trying to force that one um down our throats. You know, so um man, for Islam everything that I saw from him, he looks like a day a super dangerous guy. Um if he gets that RDA win, I think that's where the hype train, every, everything, that's where it'll take off from. It'll be at that. Now, obviously, there's a hype train now, but I think if he got an RDA win, like, now it's in full of for, full force, you know. It's just, that's a train going downhill. Nothing to stop because so many people, RDA is that quality name. If you look at the people that have beaten RDA, it's mostly the top tier guys, yep. if not all. All All, yeah. Top tier guys, quality, fantastic names. That's there, and RDA has done it within two different weight classes. Time and test are like so many people sleep on RDA, but if you know his resume and you look right through, fantastic fighter. Yep, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Leon Edwards, Leon, Ed- Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Jemaya was supposed to be this Saturday. Yep. Uh, now, obviously, it's Leon Edwards versus short notice Bilal Muhammad. Um, <sighs> My God. Whew, that, that fight's a little bit of a letdown for me, you know, considering. Definitely. Um, Considering what we could have had, well, we could exactly because uh, there's gonna be some some weirdo that's gonna complain. Ah, I love the fight. We're not talking about the fight. Considering what we could have had, that fight is definitely let down. Not only because of the Hamza Chimaya, because there could have been a permutation of Neil Magny in there. There could be a permutation of Michael Chiesa instead. But because the Hamza Chimaya fight was forced down our throat, we're now left with this, which is a worse fight than any of the ones that we mentioned before. I so. know, man. The the um, the Hamza Chamaya fight. Everyone was excited for. Yeah. But you know, we get a decent. We get to see Leon Edwards compete this Saturday, which is what I'm excited for, really. And we're actually gonna do a um a live stream for that. We're probably gonna live stream the whole whole event. It's gonna be up to Joey. Most likely, we'll just do the main card. But there's a chance that we could possibly do. The um, prelims all the way to the main. You know, we'll figure that out. We'll see what the type of uh, 
attention is from the channel and our supporters here, how they want us to do it. But we'll definitely do the live stream of the main event at the very, not the main event itself, but the main card. At the very least. The yeah. whole way at the very least. We'll definitely do that. So you guys can jump in here, see our thoughts on it. Um, we'll enjoy the fights together. You know, basically just a bunch of people enjoying fights. You know, we'll talk to you guys, interact back and forth. Me and Joey will be interacting as we usually do. It'll be a fun time. And that's the type of event where we could just sit here and watch it off the computer. And um, it'll probably be cool. And sometimes those cards like that, built like that. Turn out to the be. Na- yeah, the names may not be big, but the quality of fights, they, they're really good you know, sometimes. So potentially we may have that there. Plus there's a million questions to be answered on just in terms of what Leon Edwards currently looks like. And um, how he's recovered from COVID. And if he could even pick up the the win here. He has not fought in a very long time. Substantial amount of time. And then where does he go from here next? You have, um, since we're on Leon Edwards, we have, he said Kobe Covington turned down the fight with him. Which he did. You know? Yeah. So, there's more examples of these welterweight guys ducking each other. I know, man. I'm, I'm, the welterweight so. division is being so annoying right now. It seems like nobody wants to fight anyone. Yep. Colby came out and said, I'm not fighting Leon Edwards. Uh, Dana said that's the fight he wanted to make. Yeah. So I'm just basing it off of that. He did turn down that fight. You know, there's no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no reason he should have because that would have been a great number one contender fight. You know, Colby would have been able to earn himself a total shot. Now Leon Edwards got to earn a total shot off of Bilal Muhammad. Um, I think if Leon Edwards wins this fight, he deserves a shot at the title. But it sucks, man. He's been out since June 2019. That's who would you have favored in the matchup? I would have favored Colby in the matchup. Hypothetically, coming off of COVID, the long layoff, I would have favored um, Colby Covington. I probably would have favored Colby. There's a chance I would have picked Leon, um, just because of his style. He's able to keep the range uh, very well. He's able to stifle pressure pretty well. With his, you know, accurate striking and everything, but I probably would have favored Colby just because of all those X factors on top of the fight kind of being dead even in my book. Yep, yep. So, um, any last final topics for the podcast? Seems like this one, you know, we've pretty much covered all UFC two fifty nine, a couple other things. You know, we've talked about everything. We talked about the live stream on Saturday, um, which I'm excited to see Leon Edwards. Above all else, I just want to see Leon Edwards back. Do you have any uh, final topics you want to talk about or discuss? Um, yeah, just for the live stream and everything. I hope you guys tune in. Um, the more it, we don't need a lot of it, look, we would love to have a lot of people. If we don't have a lot of people, that's fine. Just keep the chat engaged. Keep us engaged. Well, of course, we're gonna be locked in for the event. Should be fun times there. Um, there's so much to dissect. If Leon Edwards loses here. Man, especially if he's a shell of his former self because of the COVID. Imagine if Hamza had never gotten sick and then he got he got what may have potentially been a win on a uh, a weekend at, at Edwards. What type of um, what that would have done for him, the fanfare behind him, and potentially getting the title shot. So we'll jump into all of that, talk about how that is, how that's viewed, and everything during that stream. Man, I hope you guys tune in. Thank you for listening to this very long um, podcast we've done here so far. We appreciate you. And if thank you for all the support. Yeah, and if you're listening, also thank you as well. You know, we're gonna upload this. We upload this to Anchor, which then puts it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that different stuff. Yep. So, um, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to like the video, comment down below, and let us know if the the fight watch along for Saturday night. If that's something you want us to do, but we're gonna do it anyway. But I'm just curious who all is interested in. 
and thank you for watching.